Welcome to the Sonda Podcast. Tune in to hear the most insightful, inspiring and entertaining conversations with expert legal professionals from around the world. We'll discuss the ever-evolving legal sector and explore the latest market trends and updates to help you get ahead in your legal career. Kicking off the first episode, we have a very special guest joining us. They hold a huge amount of knowledge in the legal space, first practicing as a lawyer and working across multiple jurisdictions to eventually going into legal recruitment and setting up their own global agency. They've dedicated their life to pursuing their passions and have achieved remarkable success along the way. Our first guest has helped hundreds of legal professionals to advance their careers and by no means slowing down in 2023. So we are joined by the one, the only, Kevin Sinnott, Sonder's <laughs> managing director. That's very flattering. Welcome, Kev. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. How are you enjoying London? So Kev has come from New York to London to film this live. Yeah, especially for this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's gone great. I think uh, there's a couple of people in the office that I, I have never met before. Um, so getting to know them has been, has been awesome. Um, and obviously moving into these new digs, new offices looking on the Thames is a, it's quite a pinch me moment if I'm being honest, because um, I think being in New York, even though we work closely with you guys, um, being actually having the physical presence and, and seeing it in the flesh, um, yeah, it's quite, you know, it's awesome. So, yeah, it's uh, great. New uh, digs are great. Amazing views. Mm. It's great to have everyone in the office, been a lot of remote working, so everyone together is amazing and... It's been great to have you here, and we had a great team dinner last night in the city, so always good. Yeah, I, I went out, uh, me, Charlie, and Dill went for a pint of Guinness, which I was very, very surprised at the quality. Yes, <laughs> nice. It's coming from an Irishman, so that's a compliment. Yeah, exactly. Right, so let's take it back to the start, so listeners can get a real sense of your journey from lawyer mm-hmm. to MD of a global legal recruitment agency, so just... Give us a taste of your background. Where'd you come from, and how did you get into recruitment? That's a que- yeah, question that I suppose everybody in recruitment um, gets asked quite a lot. How did you get into it? And everyone more or less falls into it, and that was definitely the case with me. So I have a lot of friends that were in recruitment, and um, I didn't really know much about it, if I'm being honest. When, when I originally moved to Australia uh, eight years ago, and it was it was more out of frustration than anything else. Um, I think having dealt with uh, recruiters on the other side, um, I felt like there was a small bit of a gap, if you want to call it, um, in, in the market, particularly in Australia at that time. So I saw it was an opportunity to, yeah, change the world, if you will, uh, a bit like Richard Branson when, when he set up uh, Virgin Airways, it was very much a case of I felt like I could do it better. Um, and so I wanted to back myself and go it alone. So I jumped into recruitment very much uh, unknowing what actually the industry was. And it was just, yeah, exactly. And kind of running before I could walk. And um, I think that's, you know, part of, you know, your development. You want to jump into something and then kind of pick it up as you go along. And I think that's what recruitment is. Um, I think one of the biggest assets a successful recruitment recruiter can have is, is tenure um, yep. and experience in the game. And uh, I've definitely found that throughout the last seven or eight years. I found myself getting better and developing every year. Um, and I think if you've got the attitude where you're constantly looking to grow and constantly have that growth mindset, um, recruitment can be a really, really interesting and, and insightful career. So... Yeah, to answer your question, I definitely you know, fell into it. It wasn't a plan when I went to law school I was going to end up in legal recruitment, but for me, it's been the best decision I've ever made. Um, the true definition of success is getting out of bed every day, um, not having an alarm clock and, and actually loving what you do. And I can hand on heart say that I love what I do. I love Amazing. the people that I work with. Um, and yeah, I think 
is the best decision I ever made jumping into to recruitment. So you had the vision back then, but did you ever imagine for it to come this far? Did you imagine Sondra to be what it is today? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I always believed in myself, even from an early age. Um, I always believed I was going to do something. Um, never know really what that was, but even when I was sitting down doing my business plan before we launched in, in Sydney, I always had the ambitions to have a global business. And I think if it even comes back to to the name of the business, um, you know, Sonic Consultants, it was, you know, people were saying, why don't you name it after yourself? And um, I never wanted to be a one-man band. I never wanted just to be in one office. I was, one, I was Even when I named the company, it was in the intentions that we were going to be a big global organization that can enter into these markets. Um, so, I, yeah, to answer your question, I, I always had this um, dream and vision. Um, we're not there just yet. We still have a long way to go, but that's what gets me out of bed every day is that vision and having that you know, drive to constantly do better and constantly open up in new markets and new challenges. And um, it's exciting. Yeah. I think you know, I've definitely got even more fire in my belly today than, than I even did when I, when I first started. So it, it's, and I think these trips coming to to London and obviously relocating to New York and, and, and being in Sydney, um, sometimes when you're behind the computer, and I've definitely felt that at COVID, you actually don't really, you know, understand how far you've come in such a short space of time because it's all, you know, yeah, again, online, but being in these offices, seeing how happy everyone is to be coming into work and how well the team gets on, it's super, super fulfilling. And I think that's only motivates me more to, to keep going and yeah. uh, and keep you know building new offices. So as you touched on there, the business took you to New York mm-hmm. last year, which is a big move mm. for you and your family. Um, leaving Australia with a wife and two young children to make the move to New York. How has it been? How's life? And... How's it been for you and the family? It's been an absolute, you know, amazing uh, is the one word to put it. This, uh, but I think it's been a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. I think um, I've got two young daughters. Uh, Cleo is uh, my oldest. She's, you know, I think 24, 25 months. Um, and then I've got Maya, who's, who's eight months. So Maya was born in June of last year and we relocated to New York in January of last year. So... I think that has its own complications. Um, yeah, it was crazy getting back to to Sydney to have Maya, and then then going back to to, to New York. So, um, but I think I've got such a supporting wife and Danielle that um, you know it made the process a lot easier than what it, it could have been. Um, and yeah, it's you know New York has, has been incredible. So it takes a while to get set up for sure. Um, I think even with, uh, we're based in Tribeca just to build up in your know, networks of, you know, schools and, and you know, mums groups and, and whatnot outside of work. But we're definitely finding our feet. Um, yeah, and good. Do you hear a yeah. lot of kind of individuals go there on your own, go there on their own for work, but not necessarily families as such. So it's good you've managed mm. to find kind of then play group school and you've settled in well, that kind of side of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you definitely got to put yourself out there. Like, I found it so daunting. And even Danielle did when we were we moved over there, just going to the park on a Saturday and putting yourself out there yeah. and going, hey, hey uh, you fancy catching up for a drink after the park? <laughs> having a play date with another family. That's what you the, have to do. Exactly. Though, you know what yeah. I mean? That's it, what you have to do. But it's, um, and, uh, most of the lawyers that we've helped move over to, to Australia, to New York, um, you know, I've called them some, some of my closest friends. And yeah. one of which is a guy we relocated down from Canada. Um, and Danielle and I, my wife and I have dinner with him and his wife all the time. They just had a baby. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's 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 one of those ones where you kind of have to put yourself out there more because you can't rely on that network that you've yeah. kind of gone to school with or had the luxury of you know playing sports or whatever it may, whatever it may be. Um, but that only develops you uh, as well as a person. Um, 
inside and outside of work. So I've loved it. Um, it's got a definitely got a shelf life. I think Danielle is super keen to get back to Sydney um, eventually. Yeah, tell them what's the biggest thing you miss about <laughs> Australia? The beaches, the weather, yeah, for sure. It's be, it? Yeah, it's um, yeah, Sydney's incredible. But um, obviously, the piece of the puzzle that needs to be complete now is New York. Um, um, it's been it's been amazing. Glad to hear. So obviously, a big part of your day to day is running Zonda mm-hmm. in New York. Um, but what do you do in your routine that helps you kind of maintain that work-life balance? Like, what do you do to get up in the morning that you think, I need to do this to make me feel good and motivated? Kind of a top tip you give to someone. Uh, exercise. Yeah. Um, train. So at the moment, I'm training for a half marathon um, with my colleague in New York, Daniel, um, on behalf of a charity that's close to his heart. And uh, that's kind of getting me out of bed and keeping me motivated, which I'm enjoying. Um, but for me, I definitely like to start my day early at 5 a.m., um, and get a workout done. Just get, it's the only time of the day where I feel, you know, I can clear my head. And, and um, if I don't get that done, I feel a bit off throughout the course of the day. So um, obviously it helps physically as well. But from a mental standpoint, if I start my day like that, um, I think it's an important way to kind of build momentum. Um, but for sure, working, I think when you've got New York, Sydney and London, you're effectively operating on a 24-hour clock. So exactly. there's always something happening. So you need to be disciplined in how you um, operate that. And I'm lucky to have an incredible team in Sydney, obviously an incredible team in, in London and New York uh, that I can rely on. So um, if I taught about every single intricacy of the business, I would never sleep at all. <laughs> and it's a bit like when you if you, you know, read the news every day, you wouldn't go outside. So um, I think yeah. that's been a big thing for you this past three years is kind of letting go of yeah, the management sure. of a lot of key aspects of the business that you were always so involved with from the start and just putting your trust in other people to be like, hey, look, I trust you to do this. Um, feed me the information and kind of let's go. So that's probably been a big change for you. How have you dealt with that? It's, yeah, it's, hard. it's part of delegation, you know, and it's part yeah. of you know, a tr- an attribute that a lot of leaders struggle with, um, but it's a skill that it evolves over time. Mm-hmm. The more you do something and the more it works out, I mean, the more comfortable you become. But yeah, you've seen the business evolve, obviously starting with us in Sydney, um, you know, we're a different operation to where we are now, but... Going, going back to the vision and um, what we spoke about, you have to, I'm not going to, you're not going to do this alone. Um, so if I really am passionate about growing a global business, you have to hire people that are going to be better than you. They're going to, you know, push you um, and, you know, you're not going to be able to do everything. So I think that's been a key learning curve for me, for sure. Um, but one, I think we're, we're on the right track with. Um, and yeah, I think we were lucky enough to be able to secure some really amazing, talented people who were able to take a lot of the work off off me and um, people I'm happy to empower and yeah. and let them make their role their own. Because I think that's also an important piece when you're growing a business. If you're going to hire smart and talented people, you have to allow you have to allow them to be smart and talented. Exactly. You don't really want them to be doing what I've what I think is the right thing to do. Um, that's been a key part of our recruitment internally. So outside of kind of this key skills qualifications people have to put forward, what what other things do you look for in people that you want to hire into the company? You know, I always put it down to a test of when I meet with someone, would I sit down and have a beer with them? Yeah. Or would I have a glass <laughs> of wine with them? Um, Makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's such a, you know, s- such a s- simple thing, but it was actually something my mum said to me before, is that, you know, if I could sit down and have a conversation with that person and actually, you know, want to speak, spend time with them after work, usually it's a good sign that you know, they're a good person because that's where it stems from. I think recruitment isn't rocket science. And definitely the, the systems that we've created at Sonder, people can kind of come in and, and you know, do quite well um, just by showing up. So I think you know, a lot of that 
um, comes down to hiring the right people and then be able to get into our model and get on really well with the people around them. So yeah, I, I tend to, you know, always, uh, for anyone that ever interviews at Sonner again, if, you know, the fact that I can push you forward means I'll, I'll sit down and have a beer with you. So it's something that I always look at. That doesn't mean the first interviews are a pub, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> we'll get there, though. So you, as you mentioned, you've kind of got all the main clogs in place now. You've got London rolling, Sydney, New York. Um, so what's next for Sonder this year? So a big piece for us is, is um, obviously the West Coast. I'm opening up in LA. So I'm actually going to be there in a couple of weeks looking at office space. Um, and yeah, that's definitely the next piece of the puzzle for us. Just to have that operation to service our clients um, on a different time zone. Um, and obviously it's be more on uh, in tune with the candidate pool on the ground there. So um, definitely this year we will be in uh, California and have more of a physical presence. Um, exactly the date, I can't tell you, but we are in talks. The final, pro- final stages of a process with a couple of um, really exciting individuals that we're looking to bring in. Um, and then after that, I think, yeah, we'll be really looking at, you know, Asia and, and the Middle East. Um, but for now, the US is, is keeping us on our toes for sure. Exciting. So mm. many markets in the US that have so many opportunities, I think, for lawyers all around the world to kind of move into. So very exciting. So can you describe what you think's kind of set Sonder apart? How have you been able to achieve such significant growth in such a short space of time? Great question. And I get asked quite, like, quite a lot about this um, just from people that we interview or rec directs that work for us. Um, and for me, it really is the people. It's the individuals in the business. Um, everyone's encouraged to speak what's on their mind and have their own individuality, if you will. Um, and I think that's something that has really stayed true to us as we've grown into different offices is that, you know, you fit in or feck off. Um, you know, you are you know, part of the culture. No one is bigger than the business. Um, and we've created something really special. So I think what really sets us apart is that we're very, very high performing. Um, you know, we're doing exceptionally well, but first and foremost, we're good people, um, good good morals, good standards. And that's, you know, particularly as you're growing a business as quickly as what we've done, something sometimes you can lose sight of that. Um, I think we've, we've definitely nailed it in terms of the culture piece, which for me is really, really important because, um, you know, in Sydney, you've got an amazing culture, obviously London and the US. So I was, if I was, I was any worry that, you know, when you're growing, you have this concern that not that you're growing too fast, but you're bringing people people in just for the sake of it. Um, and I think we do have a high threshold for who we bring in, um, and the people that we've got in the business are incredible. So for me, definitely what sets us apart is individuals within Sonder. Yeah, definitely. I think you've made um, this year as well a couple of really qu- quite key and exciting hires um, within Stefano and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who have come to us from kind of big law background. Talk me through that process and hiring them. What was your thinking behind that? And what are you kind of hoping that they can bring into Sonder? Yeah, I think Steph and Elizabeth, um, two lawyers at the absolute top of their game. Um, and we were lucky enough to secure them in New York. So, you know, Steph was working at Kirkland and Elizabeth was working at Wild. So two um, key players in the legal space. And being able to attract talent like Steph and Elizabeth just shows how far we've come as a business. Yeah. Um because they're incredibly high-performing, used to being in high-performing teams. Um, so for us, being able to attract them and be able to give them that high-performing culture that they're used to um, is great. It means that the business is on the right right track. I think you know, someone with industry experience like that can bring in valuable knowledge to the wider business. Um, but also when a client recruits, it's a lot more marketable when you're speaking to someone 
who understands what it's like to be yeah. in, the, in those shoes. So it can actually give you real-time advice and not just be reading something from the website and tell you what it's like in a, during a day-to-day, yeah. um, what certain partners are like, what culture is like in that team. And that's one thing, again, going back to what sets us apart, is being able to offer our candidates who are interviewing with certain firms invaluable information that they can't read online. Um, so giving value, giving them something they don't already know and helping them and giving them a platform for success. And I think bringing in skill sets like um, Steph and Elizabeth's, again, allow us to, to stand out from our competitors in terms of the offering that we can give and the value that we can give candidates when they're interviewing with these top firms. Yeah, it's all about value, isn't it? And I think they're going to be able to have these really kind of key and important conversations with our candidates because they, they've been there um they know the pressures they're facing and they know these really kind of tough decisions they've got to make and exactly what it takes to make a big move like it's a scary thing Mm -hmm. making a big move in your career is is always going to be daunting um so for someone looking to potentially make that move what advice would you give right now in kind of this current market definitely explore all options um don't take the first thing i think right now a lot of associates who are looking to make a move for right or wrong reasons are you know, jumping into things and um, not seeing out other processes. And I think options in any uh, line of work or in any life are inv- invaluable. Um, so my advice is definitely go in with your eyes wide open. Um, I think we've seen through the last couple of years that a lot of firms and companies have overhired and, and groups have overhired um, and we're seeing they're seeing the effects of that now. So I think the job is of, on our end as consultants has been able to guide and offer um, associates who are making a move real-time advice so honest advice um, here's an opportunity at XYZ firm because I think this is genuinely going to better your career um, if you look at yourself in five years when you join this firm as opposed to five years you're staying at your current firm where, which better position you're going to be in yeah. and if the answer is you're going to be in a better position if you move then you should make that move so it's all about you know sitting down with someone who's actually going to be a consultant with you in your career and not just you know, trying to put your bum on a seat um, so I think yeah, it's important when you are now more than ever, really, to really jump into something with your eyes wide open. And I think that's our job as a, as a consultant. So that's what we pride ourselves on, going back to the hires and the people that we've got in the business. They can give you real-time, honest advice. Um, and they'll say, you know, this is going to be a firm for you because X, Y, Z, this is your motivations. If you're looking to make partnership track and it's not happening at your current firm, then this firm entering in this market is going to be able to offer you that for X, Y, Z reasons. So... Um, yeah, going back to it, I think right now, if you're looking to make a move, just be um, go into it with a very open mind, but also have try and have as many options as possible because that's what's going to really cement that you're making the right moves for the right reasons. Yeah, there you go. You heard it here first. Options. Um, so touching on your experience as a recruiter, you must have some quite memorable placements that you've made and people that you've met. Is there kind of one story that's really that really stands out to you where you've really helped someone um, make a move in their career, whether it's to help them earn more money, whether it was a lifestyle um, option? If, is there one that kind of sticks out to you? Good question. I haven't really been asked that one before. Um, I think there's no one that really stands out, but being able to... I remember you know, my first placement on placing an Australian associate in New York... It would have been about seven years ago now um, when we first started. I've been able to deliver that offer to someone. I think it was a Saturday morning, Sydney time, which was Friday evening, New York time. And the excitement on their, fa- on their voice yeah. um, and just being able to deliver that news that, you know, effectively going to move on the other side of the world, doubling your salary 
um, you're completely changing your life. So to me, it's incredibly fulfilling. Um, so that one that really stands out is is that you know that first one being able to yeah. um, deliver that news, but every process and, and every placement that you make is super fulfilling. So there's no real one that stands out, but if I you know dig deep and, and look back over the last eight years, that one's definitely a standout. Amazing, yeah. You can see with um, the younger kind of consultants that are starting here and when they get that first placement, the excitement and just when they call them to deliver the news, it's always great. It's always such a great buzz in the office as well. So amazing. Um, and then the opposite side of that, I guess you have to ask what challenges have, have there been along the way, um, particularly kind of in the market we're kind of currently in, what challenges are you facing and how, how do you overcome them? Um, I think in this market right now, things people are cautious. Law firms are cautious for sure. Um, associates and candidates are cautious. So things are being dragged out probably more than than what they should. And, and well, the phrase is so true, time kills deals. Um, so you really have to be on the top of your game as a consultant and making sure that um, the I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. Because, yeah, it, it is important to stay on top of everything. Um, but it's just a time that a lot of people are, have come off the back of a really powerful couple of years in terms of hiring. Um, and we're just going through a period of... Yeah, things will start happening again, but with a cautious outlook. So uh, I am very um, optimistic about this year. I think firms are definitely strategically hiring right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think as we move into the latter half of this year, firms um, are going to be back on the market uh, and we're really increasing their efforts, uh, recruiting efforts, which, which is quite exciting for us, obviously. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just navigating this market right now and, and understanding... And telling and speaking to your associates who are looking to make a move, um, but just if the right opportunity isn't right there right now, that it will come. Um, and constant communication is one of the key parts of our job. So nothing's really changed there, but I think now more than ever, it's, it's super important. Yeah, patience and being organised and just being ready to make that move um, when it happens and when the opportunity arises is, is key, isn't it? On a more positive note, yeah. I guess. Um, what do you think your biggest achievement has been since launching? What are you most proud of? Oh, I'll get emotional here, but my, definitely my kids um, and Danielle. I think being uh, a dad is the best thing that's ever happened to me, for sure. Um, I think balancing that with running a global business has been challenging, but it's been super rewarding. So... Um, I'm lucky enough to live quite close to, to um, the office, so I do try and get back and put the girls to bed every night, um, which is super important to me. Yeah. Uh, and every weekend I'm trying to be with them. So I think it's been, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been a job that you can't really prepare for, um, being a dad, but it's something that for me has just been the biggest achievement and something that I'm so... Um, Completely changes your Yeah, life. your outlook, everything. Focus, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, yeah, things become more important than what they previously have been. And... Um, yeah, I think for me, looking back, even of all we've accomplished, um, yeah, having my two daughters, Cleo and Maya, and also Danielle, uh, that's definitely my yeah. biggest achievement. And what an experience they've had at such a young age, being able to do all this travel. I wonder if they remember it. I wonder if when they're 20, they'll be like, do you remember when you lived in New York? Yeah, well, no, I say that to Danielle all the time because I think, obviously, you, that goes through your head when you're relocating your family overseas. You're like, oh, is this the best thing for them? Um you know, are they going to remember this? But Danielle rightly points it out. That she doesn't remember anything from she was two or three. I haven't. So, um, yeah, but what incredible memories that we're creating in terms of, like, looking back at photos and um, 
I think, yeah, before Cleo goes to school when she's five, that's the kind of deadline um, for me to get all my stuff done, or so Danielle says. When was the point when you realised, right, I, I need to move to New York now, I need to do this? I think it was definitely off the back of the pandemic, um, because that slowed down our trajectory in sense of, I couldn't travel as much, so with that, we obviously couldn't launch these offices. And um, I, I always said when the world kind of got back to some sort of normality, that would be in the US. And we've also, we also had a really, really strong year. I think yeah. you know, close to 30% of our revenue came from the US market um, mm -hmm. in the, that year. So it just made sense to leverage off those, that momentum. Um, and obviously, Danielle said, give me the, the AOK -okay to do it. And before she changed her mind, I booked her flights. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think just being on the ground there gives you that leverage to work with candidates and clients a lot more easily, doesn't it? Yeah. And looking, I guess into Q2 of this year after a pretty incredible three years, not just for Sonda, but I guess for the world in general. I mean, it's been crazy, COVID, everything. Um, we had a real big rush in recruitment kind of last year, whereas at its high and there's been kind of so many trends emerging, working from home, technology. Um, looking ahead, what do you think's going to happen in the legal market this year trends wise is there anything you think that's going to really stand out oh, i think ai is definitely a hot topic at the moment um i also think a lot of from the conversations that i've been having with law firm leaders is it's very difficult to create this balance with uh, working from the office and working from home mm. um and that transition from everybody working full-time at home to now coming into the office four days a week uh i think it's so important for, for junior associates and also junior members of our team from we're trying to build a team to be surrounded by people who are going to bring the best out of you and, and train you and develop you. Um, so it's just creating that balance of being able to bring people into the office but not create an overkill. I definitely don't think it's ever going to go back to the times in which everyone needed to be in the office um, five days a week and, you know, 12 hours a day. But I do think it's great in getting that balance and getting it right. So I think firms are trying their best but it's like everything in life trial and error yeah. um and we'll see a very different working arrangement um for law firms as we progress to 2023 and 2024 which is exciting because yeah. i think it's um particularly as you know even myself having a young family and, and being able to be there for, for my kids um putting them to bed every night is super important to me and i know that it's super important to a lot of other working dads and mums um so i think having that flexibility as a lawyer, which you haven't had in the past, is something that is a change that I, for one, have, have welcomed to the industry. Um, and I think that will continue to involve, evolve as we move through this year and next year. Yeah, just about adapting and evolving, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so just to end, um, for kind of aspiring lawyers, people that have just kind of got their degree um and they're looking to get out into the market what is the one key piece of advice you would give them now what do they need to do yeah i've been thinking about this on my trip over from from new york on the flight because we're speaking at that event tomorrow the nq event mm -hmm. it's hard to just give them one piece of advice there's so many things but i think it's so important to be seen and have a really good if you're on social media why isn't it the best yeah there's no point having a, a linkedin presence and not having a photo or not going into detail about what you are who you are and what you're looking for if you're going to be seen online, make sure it's marketable. Make sure that you know you are standing out, um, because it's such a difficult market right now to break into. 
because a junior associate or fresh graduate. So you need to set yourself apart. Yeah, the little things make all the difference. Everything. Yeah. Um, so I think spending time and really investing time in making yourself very marketable, um, whether that be CVs, whether that be you know LinkedIn, whether that be having a YouTube presence, um, whatever, TikTok, whatever it may be, just get yourself out there um, and try to get seen as, m- as many times as, up as possible by the people that you're trying to, um, you know, the firms and, and the, the hiring manager trying to attract. Yeah, amazing. Kev's going to be sharing all that great advice at our NQ event in London this week, partly the reason why he's down. Um, so thank you very much, Kev. That was really insightful um, and we hope our listeners enjoyed that. Is there anything you want to end on? That was super refreshing, and I found that, yeah, quite a, like, like therapy. Go to the pub now. <laughs> yeah, straight to the pub. Yeah. Awesome, thanks, so Becca. So, to all our listeners, don't forget to follow us on social media and stay up to the date with the latest episodes and legal market updates, especially on our LinkedIn and Instagram.